0: seems like in every age, every era in history, evil threads its way through. And in this time, it seems we're experiencing a mounting hatred and hate crimes. And we know that white supremacist groups constantly gain ground in the United States and across the world. Last week, three black people were killed in a mass shooting in Jacksonville. Earlier this summer, neo-Nazis gathered outside Disney World, in Boston, at the State House in Georgia. Just yesterday, the U.S. extradited from Romania white nationalist leader Robert Rundo, who was accused of leading violent attacks during political rallies right here in Huntington Beach. White supremacists work to infiltrate the military, police, college campuses, and in countless places across the country, rallies, violent attacks, and mass shootings spread that hatred. And in the midst of all this organized hatred this week, we hear Paul say to his followers in Rome, hate what is evil. Of course, we do. (laughs) No problem. We do hate what is evil. And we know that Neo-Nazism and white supremacism with all of their anti-black, anti-LGBTQ, anti-Jewish, anti-women, anti-anti-anti stances promote pure evil. However, Paul also says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Never avenge yourselves but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. If Paul tells us not to repay evil for evil, to leave that to God, what are we meant to do in the face of it? Mysteriously, impossibly, Paul, channeling Jesus, wants us to repay evil with love. If your enemies are hungry, he says, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. Overcome evil with good. Overcome evil with good. Is this possible? In the face of Roman oppression, Jesus tried to counteract evil with good. He could have gathered a real army. He had so many followers. He could have mounted a rebellion and he and his friends might well have carried the day. Instead, he wandered through towns and the countryside A poor rabbi teaching his listeners that hate, to hate evil and to love every one of God's people. To become a priest, you know, you go to seminary. And my seminary class included A fiery evangelical Christian named Jeremy who came to Boston University boiling with hatred. He hated women. He hated people of color. He hated most faith traditions, including non-evangelical Christians. And most of all, he hated LGBTQ classmates. Jeremy found something to hate in every member of our diverse student body. And to spread his seething judgments, he started recording sermons of his and leaving these disks around the campus to be found. Little messages of hate. And this in turn caused a huge uproar, and outpouring of hatred for Jeremy and one of our fellow students, Kelly, a divorced liberal Catholic, she sat behind Jeremy in our New Testament class and one day she whispered to me, her voice dripping with disgust. I just stare at the back of his neck and hate him so much. Surely Boston University should have thrown out Jeremy, the hate monger. Many of us urged them to. How could they allow this kind of cancer to spread at BU? How could they permit hate speech? Instead of expelling him, though, the administration destroyed the disks, the hate sermons, and held on to the hater. And month by month, Jeremy grew to know all of us women and people of color and LGBTQ folks that he thought he hated so much and he started to change. His blue eyes, formerly blazing with judgment, started to widen, he even began to smile and cautiously he started reaching out in friendship and long searching conversations ensued as his BU classmates tried to find and touch the heart inside all that hate. And they did. With God's help, they found his heart. It was in there. And he continued to transform. And guess what? Remember the Catholic liberal divorcee, Kelly, who stared in disgust at the back of his neck? Well, Jeremy and Kelly Talk about an odd couple. They fell in love, (laughs) she got pregnant, they married, (laughs) and now they serve together as military chaplains. And she speaks about the power of their prayer life together as a couple. I don't know who was more surprised, Jeremy or Kelly, (laughs) or all of us. Jeremy began to heal from hating because the community overcame the very strong and completely understandable temptation to hate him back, hate him more, and send away his toxic energy. You know, there are groups in this country who try to work with people like Jeremy life after hate is one of them and this is a group that was actually founded by a former white supremacist committed to helping people leave the violent far right so that they could connect with humanity and live lives of compassion instead to extract people from that place of hatred, to dismantle hatred. Dismantling hatred is hard work. Hating is so much easier. And yet, now more than ever, we are called to love. Like Paul says, hold fast to what is good. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. And again, and again, Jesus tells us to love. Like it's easy. (laughs) It's not easy. Like you, I've done my fair share of hating in this life. Hating injustice, of course, hating violence, Hating people who have harmed me or the ones I love. So how do we unhate someone like Jeremy and all the Jeremys out there causing real and horrible suffering? I think it starts when we let go of the idea that doing what Jesus tells us to do it's easy it's not last week do you remember this beautiful moments in Matthew's Gospel when Jesus asks who do you say that I am and Peter cries out you are the Messiah the son of the living God Peter experiences a moment of triumph he gets it he really really gets it and we feel His joy and once we get it really get that Jesus is more than a wise and holy man that Jesus is God in us and among us we want to be part of that too we know this means our lives will change so far so good then this week In Matthew's Gospel the change that the disciples are yearning for and that we yearn for it turns out isn't what was expected at all the disciples thought by following Jesus their lives would be changing for the better and instead their beloved teacher and friend tells them that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Jesus adds, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake We'll find it the disciples must have thought and we think what (laughs) Jesus seems to be saying following me is hard you will lose what you thought you wanted and who you thought you were and you will be transformed Peter hates this he hates what Jesus says about going to Jerusalem to die and he says God forbid it, Lord. This must never happen to you. Peter has a much better plan where Jesus lives (laughs) and they keep going like they're going. But if we follow the son of the living God, we follow. We follow into sometimes insanely unlikely places like loving, our enemies, who else would ask us for that? And yet, that's the power we gain when, as Jesus asks, we lay down our lives. Lay them down. He says, those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Holy tradition tells us that every one of the disciples save one died a horrible violent death, beheadings, crucifixions, stabbings, flayings. In dramatic ways, they laid down their lives to follow Jesus. They were telling about that kind of love and the world did not understand. For us, laying down our lives Dying to our old ways so that we can live. It may mean something else. One of my heroes, a monk named Brother Curtis Almquist says, every day you can lay down your life for others. Acknowledge their dignity, their amazing worth, their wonderful work, the reality of their giftedness, the essence of their loveliness. Encouragement will convert someone's fearful heart or lonely heart or a heart of stone into the new heart that God promises. This we can do. This kind of dying, dying to our tendency to mistreat or ignore, just plain overlook other people. Loving instead the situations and the people that God sends our way, even when it doesn't seem to make a bit of sense. Loving them wholeheartedly into wholeness and in the process becoming whole. Ourselves. In this way, we find new life, and our old life blows away. We die to live. Amen.